Welcome in to Crossing State Lines, episode 153, and it is one that uh, was probably going to be more suited for episode like 232 when it came out next October, but since Hamilton got pushed up to Disney Plus this July, we're doing it now because I can't be helped, and I was waiting five years to see this show. So, I'm not talking about it alone, and Dave is definitely not here because he is still on sabbatical since uh, watching Cats, but... Uh, hopefully he returns to sanity at some point soon. But I am more than ably assisted today by four guests. Uh, first off, it's Emily LeBlanc joining me from 25 feet away in the bedroom. Emily, what's going on? Not much at all. That's true. That's true. Except a lot of Hamilton in this house. Uh, yep. We are also joined by Pat Lane of Pat's Pulpit. Pat, what's good? What's going on? Pretty excited to talk some Hamilton. This is my second, my second appearance in the last two weeks that is on right. your show. Talking about Broadway. I mean, if you had, you know, you got that friggin' bingo square, man, like, mm-hmm. you win. It's not bad. That's not bad. Also back from the Broadway draft last week, uh, but it, it was a tough showing in the poll for Shannon. Shannon uh, finished in last, unfortunately, uh, but she is back to talk about Did Hamilton I win the poll? Uh, it was a three-way tie <laughs> for first place. Oh, for the love of God. I wasn't even close. It was really sad. It's okay. I'm kind of surprised at that, Shannon. I know. I guess what nobody likes my choices. I don't know what Shannon, the problem was, I think but. what we learned today is that the base for crossing state lines does not like Broadway as much as I do or any of us. So, because uh, that poll got about a third of the votes as the streaming service one did. So, you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll, 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 we'll be fine. People will they'll get into Broadway eventually. They'll listen to that, that podcast last week. They'll say, wow, I want to go listen to some of this stuff. And sure enough, we'll be there. Yeah. We'll be there. Uh, Chris Scheim, not back for this episode, but who is on this episode, new guest Crossing State Lines, adding guests every week to the show. It is Pat's sister-in-law, Juliana Duff. Juliana, how are you? I am doing well. Thank you for having me. And I'd just like to say I provided some coaching for Pat before the draft last week. So um, I was here in spirit with you last week. I think technically... Because of how the percentages worked out, like for some, it didn't declare a winner, but for some reason Pat had one percent more, but it didn't declare him the winner. So I think it was just because of how things I mean, rounded up. But uh, if you want to see that victory lap, Pat, uh, I don't know who's going to stop you, but I mean, I don't know. if it's a higher percentage, I mean mathematically, then I won. Like that's just that's that's math. You know. Fun, fun fact: When this podcast was a lot smaller, Emily, Dave, and I did a draft of Disney songs, and we all tied for first because we all voted for ourselves. <laughs> So, um, I can tell you that I listened to the playlists from yes. that draft and Emily definitely won. Yes. I, I declared Emily the winner after the fact because both, uh, all three of you, you, Matt and Ariana all said her playlist was the best. So I declared, we declared her the winner after the fact and said that the tie was broken. So yeah, she definitely was the winner. So Emily's had no, success in some of these, in some of these polls. So it's, uh, she's, she's had, she's had a good time on these. So we'll, we'll see if that keeps up in future drafts. But anyway, we don't have a second to waste because Hamilton is like, three hours long and there's so much to talk about in the entire production but as i said last week i had not seen the show on broadway didn't see it when it came to ppac um the schedules just didn't line up the second time and the first time i mean <laughs> good luck getting a ticket but uh when it dropped yeah. emily and i watched it friday afternoon i watched it saturday i watched it sunday and i watched it tonight so i just i i can't I, it, it's something that i had waited to see for five years so it was something that I just, I couldn't wait. And Emily knows that I couldn't wait, but it was just, it was just something I could not, get, I, I just couldn't stay away from it. But I, I'll, just, I'll open the floor to everybody else, share their views on it, because I know you've either seen it or you're familiar with it, but 
I will open the floor now for, for commentary. Um, I don't really know like what is a good starting point because there's just so many things to talk about, but I'll just quickly mention that I saw Hamilton first on Broadway a couple years ago, none of the original cast, but um, maybe three years ago. And then I saw it again this year once it came to PPAC. So this, so seeing it on Disney Plus was the third time seeing it, but my first time seeing it with the actual original cast. So that was so exciting to be able to see everybody. I was fortunate enough. Um, I've seen it three times on Broadway. Wow. Um, wow. And I did see it with most of the original cast. Wow. Um, I saw a different King and a couple of different ensemble members, but I did see kind of the, the main OGs. And um, it, I mean, it was incredible then. And each time I saw it with totally different casts, it blew me away. And then even though I had seen it with the original cast, to see the filmed version with the same people I had seen in person, it what we saw and have seen and continue to watch on our TV is not, it, it just, it's its its own art form, um, its own piece of art separate from the stage production. Um, stunning. Well, um, I'll be honest, uh, the only two songs I listened to before actually watching it was Guns and Ships and Alexander Hamilton. I didn't know much of the soundtrack, and I didn't know much about it. Poor Jake, when we first watched it, I must have questioned him like 20 billion times. So um, I think now the more, I've only seen it twice, just from Disney+, Plus. but the more I watch it, the more things click, and now I can't stop listening to the soundtrack. And the more I just play it, I'm just, like, I just can't get over I don't, the technicalities of it. Like, I'm just amazed at the show. So I kind of came from a background of, and I didn't know much about it. And I think I even said it to Jake that on when we did that Broadway draft, I wouldn't have taken Hamilton because I wasn't like into the whole phase. But now I, I would take that as number one. <laughs> yeah, I was I was lucky enough to see it on Broadway as well. Um, I saw it once on Broadway. None of the original cast was there, um, but uh, but yeah, it was. It was it was unbelievable, and then I started again in Boston uh, when it came to Boston, and I've watched it. I mean, countless times on Disney Plus. The kids, my children, I have three kids, nine, seven, and five, uh, nine, seven, and four. I'm sorry, and they just nonstop. They just it's just on all the time, day and night. Just like that's what they put on. We get in the car, let's put it on the soundtrack. Like they just that's all they want to watch because the kids have been listening to the soundtrack for like three years. You know, three or four years we've been in the soundtrack, and now that they can finally see it, they're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And they just and they can't get enough of it. And so, um, it's it's really been a special um, a special thing around here for us. And again, like I said, you know, it's a Juliana said it perfectly. Like it's a different art form. Like it really is. It's its own piece of art because there are so many things that you can't see when you're at the theater that take place on the stage that you can see. In the film, but then there are also things that take place when you're at the theater that you can't see in the film, right? And that's just the way it is. I mean, there's nothing you could do about that. But like, you know, sometimes when they're super, cl- I think about the the satisfied moment when you know when things are going back, um, when things are going back in time, and uh, the uh, the turntable is turning, you can't accurately see what's going on. I mean, you know something's happening, but you can't see what's happening um, in that moment 
in the movie. Whereas when you're in the theater, you can see it and it's like blows you away. Like it's, it's one of those moments that like, and there's a million moments in Hamilton, like take your breath away. And people will talk about like, we'll say that a lot, but like that moment it happened. And I was like, Oh my God, like, I, what, what the hell is going on right now? Like I, cause I had obviously heard the music, but I didn't, I didn't know any of the choreography and to see that live for the first time, it like completely blew me away. Yeah. And you know, I think Emily can tell you, Shannon can probably tell you, you know, when this, when the soundtrack first dropped, when the OBC soundtrack first dropped, whatever it was, four or five years ago, it like soundtracked my entire summer. Every drive to URI was yeah. with Hamilton. Every run was to Hamilton. I would, as I was yeah. running, I would play a different role every time. Like I'd be like, oh, you know, maybe I want to be, maybe I want to be Jefferson today. No, maybe I'll be Burr. I'm feeling, I'm feeling different. Let's be Burr this time. You know, maybe I'll be Washington. That would be a lot of fun. But it, when you listen to the soundtrack and you hadn't seen the show like me, I it was fun to kind of paint a picture in my head of what I thought it would look like when all like right hand man. I distinctly remember driving down Route Four in in South County in Rhode Island, listening to Right Hand Man for the first time and thinking like, how on earth did they put this together? Like this must be mesmerizing. And sure enough, it was a great performance. But it it was just it utterly and completely consumed my life for like. Uh, maybe close to a year, quite honestly. And the fact that, you know, I only lived a short distance at that time from the Gatsby, where the Gatsby happened in Rhode Island. And that's, you know, the as far as we're concerned here in Rhode Island, and that's the opening shots of the revolution was at the Gatsby, because it was. But it's it's in an, an enormous mm-hmm. sense of kind of pride having Hamilton and them talk about the revolution and, and you know, the, the birthplace yeah. of America and all that stuff. It's just really cool. And whether you're from here or Massachusetts, either one, it's something that you can kind of get attached to. So it's it's it was a lot of years of waiting to finally watch it. And yes, I know there's a lot of stuff I can't see that uh, I'd have to be on you know at Broadway or to see it at PPAC or something like that to really understand it. But it it was just an amazing experience overall. It was awesome. Not to kind of talk about all negative things right in the beginning, but I do agree with what Pat was saying. I feel like a lot of the novelty of the turntable was kind of lost in the filming of it um especially towards the very end one of the end scenes um with Burr and Hamilton the choreography with the bullet I feel like a lot of that was just lost you didn't see I don't think it was really showcased that like there was that the one ensemble member who was the bullet and as the scene progressed she was slowly getting closer to Hamilton I feel like that was kind of a piece that was lost in that sense of just camera angles and that type of thing. But other than that, I don't really, I don't have many complaints about how it was shot and how it was kind of put together in order to showcase everything. So I think, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I completely agree. And I almost feel like, and not to be spoiled and be asking for more, we just got the thing, but Mm. um, I almost want to see two versions of it. I just want to back it up and see the whole stage. And I also want all of those close-ups. Um, yeah. You can't have it both ways. There was a particular ensemble moment um, that the actors Thane Jasperson does that I love in 10 Dual Commandments. It's just a gesture with his hands that I was waiting for. And then they cut away and they showed somebody else at that moment. And I was like, that's my Thane moment that I love. <laughs> and that's gone. But it was replaced with a beautiful close-up of someone else. But the editing, it's you have to pick and choose. And and I would love to see what's on the cutting room floor because it 
They could make 10 more versions, 100 more versions probably. They couldn't. And, uh, and Pat, I'm sure you'll know at least what I'm talking about when they do like the 15 different angles of the national championship game. Like they could do something like that for Hamilton. Yep. Like do one from, right. you know, just the top or like that 100%. wide. Yeah. Like you could do a bunch of different versions of it and just, you know, release well, them one by one. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is that you have one play, right? And you're like, oh, here's 14 different angles from that one play. And you're like, oh my God, it's unbelievable. You know, but then right. you're talking about a, you know, a two and a half hour, uh, two and a half hour musical. Right. You just, it's just physically impossible to do that, of course, you know, like, but it's just, uh, the choreography is so amazingly done. And I think that's, that's just a testament to the show. And I think that for me personally, uh, and I have two, I have two comparisons that I'm going to make throughout the show from mm-hmm. Hamilton to another thing. But, but for me, the first one is anyone that knows me knows I'm a big superhero guy and into the spider verse is maybe my favorite, maybe my favorite, um, superhero movie of all time. Uh, if it isn't, it, it's up there. But what I love about the spider verse is that the first time you watch it, you're blown away and you're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. But every single time you watch it, there are things that you missed. And then you're like, I've watched it like 50 times at this point. And there's still things that someone will point out to me and be like, Oh my God, I totally missed that. Like, it's just there, there are levels upon levels upon levels upon levels. And that's in the dialogue. That's in the stuff that's happening. That's in the background. It's everywhere. And Hamilton's the same way because of course the lyrics, you know, there are times when the lyrics mean the same thing, you know, when at the very beginning, right. When, uh, when the three sisters say, you know, I loved him, which of course, Eliza and Angelica are talking as Eliza and Angelica, but Peggy is talking as Mariah and not as Peggy. Mm. And, you know, and so it's like, you know, and then I died for him, right? Mm. Lawrence, of course, is play, plays the same person as Philip, right? So he's talking as Lawrence and Philip at the same time. So like, so there's so many of those lyrics that, that mean multiple things going on, but then also the choreography behind it there's a million different things happening at once and it's impossible to see everything on the first time. And so when you hear stuff from, you know, in the Hamilcast, you know, I'll mention a few times, but the Hamilcast has, you know, we talk about not being able to talk about everything that that's on Hamilton. She's got, she's done 225 episodes for God's sakes and she's still going strong. And it's just all about Hamilton. And it's all about talking to Lackamore and talking to, you know, um, to Lynn and talking to the, all the characters and everyone else. And, and it, she had Andy on who was the choreographer and, um, and he was talking about all these different things that he did and these different nuanced things that you, you miss if you're not looking for it. And it's like, Oh my God, like to, to not see any of that. Do we lose him? Is he gone? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh, no, no. I was worried there because I have the garage band thing up in front of me and I don't see him. Unfortunately, since we're live streaming, we just got to plow ahead and, and wait till he comes back. Uh, but, uh, well, I mean, I can build on what Pat was talking about because Jake and I were watching it the other night and um, in the room where it happens, there's a part where um, Burr's on the table and then someone rips the tablecloth off the table. And Jake and I, I didn't even see that the first time. We, Jake saw it and we rewound it and watched it like five times. And I was like, I didn't even notice this was going on. Like, there's so much that I just totally missed the first time viewing. So there is a lot just built in. Oh, wait, we do have a comment from uh, Dave Albiani who says, no performance in Hamilton was as good as James (laughs) Corden in Cats. We're talking best male actor level. Thanks so much, Dave. Thank you for the thank you, Brad. You know what? Maybe I'll suggest we watch another musical because you were so into cats. 
Maybe we can watch another one. Maybe we'll do a live watch of something else because Dave refused to watch this for the podcast, which just blows me away. The same guy who will go to theaters and see, I don't know, The Curse of La Llorona refuses to watch Hamilton. But And I know um, you can hear me, Dave. I know you can, so just for the record. But um, so Pat I'll, I'll just, leave the... Pat just texted to say, I'll be back. Okay. Or you'll be back. Oh, my I goodness. I, think I didn't realize he froze again. But he's trying. He's trying. <laughs> I didn't realize he froze again, quite honestly. Um, but he'll be back. I'll, I'll make sure I see him <laughs> below too. But, um, so I, I broke it down to a couple different categories of where to go because going song by song to the end of the play will leave us here for three hours. So what More we'll probably that, end up doing is 30. either go from you guys, we can either start with favorite songs and lyrics, or we can do our favorite moments and performances. Where do you guys want to start? Mm. Let's go moments. Okay. Okay. Our favorite moments. That's really hard, though. It <laughs> so is. I understand that. Really I understand that. The reason I said that is because one thing comes to mind right away for me, and it was the moment that I wanted to see the most, that I was most excited for, which was, for me personally, was hands down Jonathan Groff. I just, I, since I first heard the soundtrack, when, since I first saw the show, I was like, I just cannot wait to see him as the king. He was one of the, like, his song was one of the first songs that really drew me into the play and made me think, I, I've got to hear more. I have to see more. I have to understand this story and watch this whole thing. So that's what I was kind of waiting for. And even watching it, I was like, it's almost time. It's almost time. He's coming. It's coming soon. I know it is. And of course, he did not disappoint in any sense. He was absolutely (laughs) phenomenal. Yeah, and also, what, that was one of the things where when I first discovered the soundtrack, he was, like, the only name I knew because of Glee. And, well, I think, yeah, Frozen had come out at that point. So I think really, yeah. I was the only name I knew. I was like, oh, Jonathan Groff. I was like, who does he play? And I was like, oh, well, he must be the king because that's that voice. But, yeah, he, he did not disappoint I me. Mean, he's on stage for, what, like, six or seven minutes? Maybe I eight or not? I don't even like, know like, that. Yeah, because okay. he's on for the nine. three songs. Nine total. Yeah. The three songs, he is there for the Adams administration, and then he takes part in rejoicing in Hamilton's failure in the Reynolds mm-hmm. pamphlet. So he's on stage very little, but he makes the most out of every, he rings every second out of his time he on sure stage. Does. And he also rings every bit of spittle out of his mouth when he's up there, <laughs> which was very interesting to see. It's just, he's, he just hams it up. It's so much fun to watch him out there. Um, but I guess that's a good, actually a good point to start with, Shannon, what we were looking forward to the most in seeing this, this version. I would say I was most looking for, cause I had, I had already seen Yorktown because they performed it at the Tonys and that's like my favorite song from the show. So I was like, all right, well, I've seen how they kind of do that. So I think the room where it happens is probably what I was looking forward to the most. Jake, let Pat back into the room. Oh, there he is. Sorry, right now. sorry Pat. Yeah, sorry. He's dying to get in. Pat's back, everybody. Hey, here I am in a new room. Location change. And uh, and Pat, just because you missed it while you were gone, we are we're breaking Stupid down uh, some of our favorite moments from the show. So uh, I was just talking about what we were looking forward to most in uh, in in seeing the film version of Hamilton. And I was saying, I think it's probably the room where it happens. Um, okay. I think just because it's it's such oh, a grand so song. I mean, there are all, a lot of grand songs in the soundtrack, but I would say the room where it happens. I'd heard a lot about Satisfied. Um, Helpless is one of my favorite songs from the show. And like I said, Yorktown was up there, but I'd kind of already seen that performed at the Tony, so I knew sort of what they did. Uh, But yeah, so it's, um, I'd have to go with those. Nice. Love it. Can it be Emily? Were people, were people? What was it? 
No, go ahead. I, well, I didn't know if someone else was going next. It's open floor. I was looking forward to nonstop. It's one of my, it, it, I mean, it changes every day, but very often it tends to be my favorite uh, song. Um, and really just the chaotic moment at towards the end of nonstop when you can't even, you don't even know what lyrics are being said because everyone is talking at once. Um, and it reminds me a lot of 96,000 from in the Heights. Um, it, it's just, it kind of has that frenzy. Um, but I was waiting for that because everyone's on there and every, everyone, it really, it's frantic. Um, and the whole show is so jam packed, but I almost feel like he's trying to jam everything in to that one number. Um, all of the energy. Ooh, I almost just fell off my chair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so excited. Um, so that was one that I was really anxious to I mean, see. That song, that song, like by right, shouldn't even work. Like every <laughs> single song from the first act is in that song. Like, how the hell does that work? It's just, it's crazy. And then like Julie said at the end, like, it just, they're singing everything. Like everyone's singing everything at the same time. And there's a million things going on. And you're like, what the hell's happening? And yet my wife, it's my wife's favorite song on, on the entire album. And and she loves, you know, when you throw the choreography and she loves it too. And it's just, it's crazy how they're able to do everything in that one song to like sum up the entire first act. It's like, hey, if you, if you miss the entire first act, if you went to the bathroom, you know, he had some bad clams before and went to the bathroom and missed the entire first desk. Just, just watch, just watch nonstop and you'll be good to go. You're ready for act two. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's crazy. Good point. Um, I didn't have a performance that I was looking forward to because like I said, I, I didn't know much of Hamilton. So I'll go with a performance that really um, was probably one of my favorite in the show. And that was probably one last time. I, oh, just the, I don't know, just the emotion was so uh, moving, I guess I would say. I, he gave it all that he could, and I would replay that performance again and again. That was probably my favorite moment. Swinging back to uh, what you had said about, and I guess Juliana as well, you were talking about nonstop and how they're all talking at the same time. I love when they're all talking and then it just crescendos, the history has its eyes on you. They all say it at the same time. I love that part. But a song I'd forgotten also, so another one that I've listened to a lot, and it's not really one of the more heralded songs from the show, but I love The Election of 1800 for whatever reason. I love that song. Yeah. And in the, in the yeah. performance, when he chooses Jefferson and all the life drains from Burr's oh, face, real. and you can tell right then and there that he is just like, I am going to kill this man, like actually going to kill this man. <laughs> it is just, oh my God. It's because I've always envisioned like, what does this scene yeah. look like when they're all going around and talking about, you know, you can have a beer with them and like, you know, uh, who, yeah, who am I going to promote? Which I'm sure Juliana as the, another owner of a mayor of Hamilton, the revolution, which is right behind me, uh, knows is that that line was originally, um, something like who, who do I prefer? But he was worried that was going to give away the rhyme. Uh, mm -hmm. Like don't vote for Burr or something like right. that. So he changed it to um, who do I you know, uh, promote was the line that he wrote. I don't know why it's slipping my mind now. I love that right. song. But um, if you were to ask me who I promote, Jefferson has my vote. Which And then the line at the end, which I think when Emily and I watched it the first time, I think Emily went like, oh, because it was so mean. What he says, when you see Hamilton, thank him for the endorsement. <laughs> it's like, yeah. damn, dude. Oh, but 
Just before before I get off that tangent, it really is absolutely wild to think that the sitting vice president shot and killed a man and became a fugitive. It really is kind of like wild to crazy, think that. Right? Like it's pretty crazy. Like yeah. Oh my gosh, it's just and all. Speaking of which, the world was wide enough is also a fantastic performance. I love that song. The sentiment, the fact the quote was real too. At least we think so. But it's uh, it's yeah, it's all just phenomenal. Well, I was gonna say like that's you know. I've been looking at that one through different eyes. By the way, uh, one last time, you stole my thunder there, Emily, but that's okay. Um, I Chris Jackson is my king, man. I just I he was the last he was the last main person to leave, and I saw it. I, I don't remember the exact date. I saw it, but he left like a month or two after I went uh, before I went. I'm sorry. And like, you know, we bought the tickets like a year in advance. So like, I'm just sitting there like, oh, maybe he'll still be there. Maybe he'll still be there. And then of course he left. And I was like, damn it. Like that's all, he's all the only person I wanted to see. I didn't care about anyone else. Like he's my guy. He is the, my favorite of the entire show. And so like, just to see him do that was, was amazing. And he was just great throughout the whole thing. But, uh, the world was wide enough is just, is so good. And, um, one of the things that's really kind of changed my perspective on it is, I mean, you've talked to different people about it, you know, that the, uh, she, she, she's playing the bullet, right? Ariana, it's Ariana DeVos, right? Is play, playing the bullet. Um, she is not playing the bullet. She's not the bullet. What she's doing is slowing the bullet down to give Hamilton more time to get to, which for me, when I, cause I didn't realize that I just thought, well, they can't show the bullet. So they're showing, you know, they're kind of showing, but like, to, for me to show that was so amazing. And the fact that, you know, she slowed it down the first time when he's writing in, in Georgia's journal to kind of show that, uh, you know, that writing for Washington saved him in the war. Right. And then the second time she's slowing it down and he needs more time, right. To, to, to get to the end of that song where he real, well, not that song, but the end of his life when he realizes that Eliza is the only thing, it that really mattered in the end. And, you know, then the entire ensemble gets there and is, and is, and is working with her to try to slow the bullet down as much as they can before it gets to her. And before it gets to him, I'm sorry. And so like just that moment where, where I'm seeing it, I saw it through different eyes because I had in between when I saw it on stage last time and when I saw it in the play, you know, in, in the film, I had learned that piece. Right. And I was like, Oh my God. So now I'm watching it with a different eye because of course, like, you see it differently when you know the actual intent behind it. So it was, um, that one, that one I was excited to watch. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, I mean, there really wasn't a performance that I wasn't like, Oh, you know what? And I really don't feel like watching this. I mean, they're all just, and even like, <laughs> even songs that I don't feel a particularly strong attachment to like hurricane, for example, like that performance was incredible. Yeah. And you know, the, I mean, I like the Reynolds pamphlet, but the performance was just great. I mean, it was one of the more unintentionally, hilar- I guess, intentionally hilarious songs that they that they did because they're all just reveling in his in his despair. But um, it's my daughter's my daughter's favorite song. Is it really the Reynolds pamphlet? Uh, she she just loves it. She just loves the way like they're they're talking about it and and like all these random things, and she just loves it. She just thinks it's hysterical. So. Oh, yeah. My, my favorite, I mean, I think Juliana said it perfectly. Uh, my favorite song changes by the week, the month, depending on what time I'm listening to. I think when it yeah. first dropped, Yorktown was definitively my favorite song. I'd l- I could not get enough of it. Um, and then I, I still, if you ask me, Nonstop was my favorite for a while. 
Wait for it might still wait for it to the room where it happens might be my favorite now. I, I absolutely wait for love it. It's my for favorite it. now. I it's like stuck in my yeah. head. Wait for it was my favorite for literally for months. The first several months, yeah. I couldn't get it yeah. out of my head. Oh, um, and seeing seeing Leslie perform it live, I turned. I was with my sister the first when I saw them, and I turned to her and I was like. Tony, Tony, like Tony Award immediately. Like if that doesn't earn a person a Tony Award and it ended up earning him a Tony Award, right. uh, I didn't know what what would. It was immediate, that 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 moment. And it's the calmest moment in the whole show. He's alone. He's basically alone on stage, except that, you know, they're, se- they're seated around him. So yeah. they're barely moving. It is the simplest st- staging in the whole show, except for maybe the tail end. Um just when they're all kind of standing, but um, it is the simplest moment, and it knocked me out of my seat, and it did it again in the in the film version. Yeah, no, for sure. It's 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 just it's great. It's just such an incredible moment, and it, like like you said, like whenever I because I hadn't seen it, the performance of uh, that song. No, I I'm think thinking, I think if you listen to your yeah, be freezing. Yeah. No, sorry. I was just going to say, if, if you're listening to Yorktown, yeah. I feel like you have to listen to Guns and Ships yeah. through Yorktown. Like, to me, that's one song. Like, I know the, the whole, I mean, the whole song, the whole show is really one song, right? It's one story. But, like, to right. me, Guns and Ships through Yorktown is really like, I was like, well, if I'm going to listen to Yorktown, which is a great song, I have to start with Guns. I can't not start with Guns and Ships. I have to start there. Yeah. And then I'll listen to those three songs and boom, there you go. And then, you know, so that's kind of the way I looked at it was like, I have to listen to these three cause that's the way it goes, you know? And it's not a slight to the so. song at all, but I mean, history has its eyes on you as a real downer in between two real, real get you going songs. And history has its eyes on you is really, right. really self-reflecting and really depressing to listen to. Cause it's just Washington saying, sure like, is. I'm so aware I'm aware of my legacy. Like here's your command. But like, we, it's like, you know, I led my men straight into a massacre is like the opening line of the song. It's like wow, this is this is yeah. some heavy shit, but um, I guess moving, uh, kind of staying in the same vein of who your favorite performances were, actor wise, and I have a I have a pretty set list of four, a Mount Rushmore, so to speak, but I would say my four are Chris Jackson as Washington, uh, Renee Elise Goldsberry as Angelica, not a mm-hmm. doubt, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. as Burr, and then. I got. I gotta say, Dobby Diggs. I mean, he was. My, he's been my favorite character in the show forever. Okay. I mean, it's it's not as radical a change as Hercules Mulligan to James Madison, but the the Lafayette to Jefferson, literally letting him kind of let his hair loose and just like kind of go crazier than than being just Lafayette. Like they're just the two coolest characters. They're the comic relief for the most part too, except for the king. And I just I absolutely love Dobby Diggs in this show. So I'd say those those four are pretty. I mean, the first three are pretty serious, defined roles. And like I said on Twitter about Jackson, you needed somebody stoic, somebody powerful to play that role. And he really was the perfect fit for it. Because you look at him and you're like, that guy is George Washington. Like, I believe it. And then Angelica, the fact that, like, I think it was, I think Lynn said on Twitter that, like, she never missed a note in that entire, like, every time she was on stage, she was flawless. And just listening to her sing Satisfied Alone is just mind-blowing. That was one of the things that I made a note about to mention is that I think across everybody, they all sound pretty true to the soundtrack. But I think she, if you listen to 
the movie and you listen to the soundtrack over each other, you, you wouldn't even be able to tell. It's exactly perfectly how it was recorded. And the fact that she produced that day in and day out, time and time again for all of those performances, it's, there's not even words for it. It's just incredible. It's wild. And that song, I think that song stands on its own. Like I played, that was the first song out of the album that I played for my sister. We were in the car going, so who the hell knows where we're going? We're going somewhere. And I was like, have you heard Hamilton? She's like, well, I've heard of it, but I haven't. And I was like, oh my, you have to listen to this. And so I, I was like, I could play a million different songs, but I'm going to play Satisfied. And she's like sobbing by the end of it. Didn't know the story, didn't know the character, didn't know anything. And she's just sobbing by the end of the song. Like that's the saddest song I've ever heard. And it's like, it stands on its own. Like you could release that as a single, and you could never have heard of Hamilton before, and you'd still be like, this song is just unbelievable. Consistently, since it's been released, that's been my favorite song. Like, second and third place have changed constantly all the time, but Satisfied has always been my number one. It's the favorite of our friend group, for sure, Shannon. That's, that's true. <laughs> uh, Emily, Juliana, what do you guys say about your, your favorite individual performances? Oh, after you um, no no no. you can go first <laughs> um well i'll say um philippa sue for me um and interesting because initially i not i don't want to say underwhelmed because that's harsh but when i first saw it she was so overshadowed by i mean leslie david all those people how 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 can you even stand out in that crowd um but she has rocked me. And in the watching the film version, the, the handful of times I've already watched it, she, I am sobbing consistently after most of her big scenes. And it's scenes that she, or songs that she doesn't have anything to say or has very little to say. Um, the, the story that she tells by standing there at the end of Quiet Uptown and not, like moving a muscle mm -hmm. um, and the emotion she goes through with that um, is, is an Oscar worthy of like performance to me that, that snippet of however many seconds. Um, and so her performance really just knocked my socks off. When she sings burn, watching her yeah. sing it, it, <laughs> Yeah. It's like it's she comes out with this phenomenal voice and she's just sitting there singing. It looks like it's completely effortless. Like she was just born to sing that song and that's what she does and she crushes it. It's absolutely amazing. I was going to say you can make a case for, but it's not a case for. It's like it's pretty much the absolute truth. She is the most tortured character in the entire show. I mean, oh, her, hus her husband has a very public torrid affair with somebody else in their home while she's gone. Her son dies in a duel, her husband dies in a duel, and she's left with the scraps, essentially, at that point. And yeah. she she just comes out, I feel like, stronger every single time. And like you said, Shannon, I mean, Burn is just, it's the way that she turns it around about burn, from burning the letters to pretty, to telling her husband to burn in hell, essentially, is, mm -hmm. uh, is yeah. it's, in, it's incredible. An incredible turn of phrase, which is what most of the songs have anyway. What about you, Emily? What do you got for your favorite right, performances? Um, we got her on the spot. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna say her too, because that was the another part that stood out to me the most was when it's in Quiet Uptown, when she just comes out in that stare and she's complete blank. I I just I, it gives you chills 
Like, it was so good. Um, but I also want to talk about the fact of, um, I believe, Oki mm. with um, James Madison and Hercules Mulligan. The difference between the characters, I was astonished. Like, his stance is different. The way he talks completely different. I just couldn't even believe it was the same actor. I thought he did a phenomenal job between those two roles as well. <clears throat> yeah. I think, Pat, you said it on oh, Twitter the point. other day, right? Oak's my man, dude. Love Oak. And, and, you know, I mean, Chris Jackson, for me, is my guy. Like, he's number one. But I love Oak. Uh, obviously, we didn't, no one talked about Leslie. Leslie's fantastic. Obviously, you know, he won a Tony. But you could argue that, like, you could argue you could have given out five or six Tonys, you know, just for, for male male and female performances. I mean, they were all unbelievable. But I do want to make one more. I told you I had two parallels. I'm going to make another one, and it's evidence. I was waiting for this moment because I knew exactly what was going to happen. And uh, and the parallel I want to make is to Seinfeld. And because exactly Seinfeld is arguably... Yeah. Uh-huh. Seinfeld exactly. is arguably the most... Uh, you know, famous and loved television show of all time. And if you were to rank the characters one through four, the main characters one through four, mm -hmm. there is a little bit of argument about the top three, and there is no argument about the bottom one, and that is Jerry Seinfeld. George, he is the bottom character yes, every sure. single time. You know? And, and so, and it's the same thing here. Now, I'm not, I, Lynn does a great job. Lynn is fantastic as Hamilton. But he is. I'm the sorry, Pat. Likeable. There appears to be some sort of dog scuffle going on outside the window. I hey, man, he agrees. The dogs agree. They're like, "Hey, this guy, this is what the hell he's talking about." I have never heard something but like that is, before. I'm sorry to interrupt your metaphor, but apparently that was quite, quite all right. So, but but Hamilton is the least likable. He is, you know, you could argue that he is the the worst singer out of the group. Again, oh. doesn't mean he's a bad singer. Just There's means no he's the worst singer out of the there. group. And so, you know, but the show doesn't work without him, obviously. Yeah. It's freaking called Hamilton, for God's sakes. And the, and the show is about him. But the greatness of the show is not the greatness of Hamilton. It is the greatness of the people around Hamilton mm -hmm. that make the show great. And very similar to Seinfeld, which, again, most popular TV show of all time, probably. But, you know, the main character, the character that the show is named after is the weakest character on the show. And I just think that that's... That parallel, I, I thought about the other day when we were thinking about this, and I was like, yeah, that's like that's like a perfect match. It's like exactly the same thing as, as Seinfeld, so I just thought it was interesting. That's a good parallel because I I agree to an extent. I mean, I'm, I I like Jerry more than, than most people, but I do acknowledge he is by far the worst actor on the show. That's not even close. Well, yeah. By far the worst actor. For sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't I, – and it's no offense to Lin-Manuel Miranda. The guy is a creative genius. I mean, not only did he right. do this, but he won in the he won for In the Heights when he was twenty eight years old. So like, yeah. can't take anything away from the guy. But it is I don't even think it's an argument that he is the worst singer out of any of these people, which is not a slight against him. Right. They're all amazing. No, right. I, I mean, maybe that's the thing. Right. I mean, they don't really give Oki much of a challenge when it comes to singing. So like, maybe maybe him, but like everybody else pretty much does a better job than than. Lin Manuel, I I will say, right. I do find myself unintentionally laughing sometimes at like some of his sad faces when they're up close because I'm like, like he's just kind of no pun intended, but he's just hamming it up when he does that. But it's it's right. it's, it's very entertaining. But overall, honestly, and I I don't know if he agrees with this. He probably doesn't. I know he's listening right now. And thank you very much, Lin Manuel, for watching. But 
<laughs> if I thought to myself that I spent years and years on this and had a certain vision in mind, I'd be like, screw it. I'm playing the lead character. Like, I don't give a shit what you say. I am playing the lead yep, character. 100%. Fill out the rest with, with like, a murderer's row of great actors and singers. I'm playing the lead role, and they can lift me up from there. And it's a good point that you make, Pat, in that, like, it is, it is named Hamilton, but it really is a story of everybody else. And he's just the central figure, and the biggest asshole of them all really and and he he's the one that gets oh, yeah. shot by burr but he's still the bigger asshole but yeah. uh yeah that, that's just my diatribe right it's also not called alexander hamilton so there are some there's a reason you know there are that's reasons true. why that's it's true. just called hamilton i would like to throw it out there that partially because at the end of the day it's actually all about eliza that's true um so it's yeah. all about eliza hamilton um there's a number of reasons for that but um there's like the song, the opening, you know, the opening song is Alexander Hamilton. So there's an intentional choice as to why the full name was used for the song, but just the name, the last name was used for the, the actual production. I, I like that. I, I'm really glad that you made that point because I was talking about this with my sister after we watched it, that when they do their curtain call, it's not a traditional curtain call where the kind of ensemble members come out, then they build up to the lead because who gets the final bow? Like if it was up to me, I would give it to Eliza, but everybody assumes that it's Alexander who is really the lead. But then what about Washington? What about Burt? Like they all deserve to have the final bow in mm-hmm. some sense and in, in right. some part and all of that. So it's interesting that they kind of left that up to everybody's discretion. And instead of choosing and having you know, Lynn have the final bow or whoever, they just all are together the whole time. And I think that really speaks to their equalness in a sense throughout that they all have their spotlight moment, but that without any of them, it wouldn't be complete. Right. And they give, they finish, they they start the show with Alexander Hamilton and they finish the show with Eliza Hamilton. And she's the, she's of course the first one that takes the bow. And so it's just kind of, it is. You look at it and say, okay, well, they started with him, they ended with her. You know, so it's like, there, there's your storytelling right there. Like, starts with him, ends with her. You know what I mean? And she is the answer to the question, who lives, who dies, who tells your story? She does. Burr right. has been narrating the whole time. But at the end, you realize she's the one that tells the story. She's the one that, as she lists off her, her, her um, actions that she took following his death, she's the one that really fought for his name and for his le- his own legacy. Mm. Um, so she right. is the one that tells the story. She gets that final moment before the lights go down. So I really think we should just sign, you know, start the petition, rename the show Eliza Hamilton. That's See, what I think is instead of renaming it, I think they should just have a part two. After Alexander's gone, then we tell Eliza's story, the next 50 years of mm. everything that she accomplished that, for the most part, nobody knows about. Like, you know that minute and a half, two minutes, however long it is that she sings at the end. But before you saw Hamilton, I personally knew absolutely nothing about her accomplishments and her accolades and everything that she did. Right. So if yeah. we could have a part two that told her story, for me, that would just be the greatest thing not to mention she doesn't just tell his story she tells washington's story and she right you know like she's she is just such a dynamic force and you know linchpin of the story essentially and she doesn't have a, as much stage time i feel she hasn't i mean she has a couple of songs in the second act mainly 
She has Take a Break, she has right. Burn, and then obviously the last song. And we really don't see a whole lot of, of her character, but she is in the most integral part of the story. It's I, yeah. I, I, I would love to see a part two and see what else she did, because pretty much everybody else is alive at this point. I think Washington's also dead, but if pretty much Washington and Hamilton are dead, and then everybody else is alive, Burr's on the run... Jefferson is still yeah. alive. Madison hasn't even been president yet at that point. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of places to go. There's a lot of, lot, lot there's of so many things too, that could be talked about that aren't even mentioned. Like they had something like nine children and one of them was named after their son that died. Like that's just a thing that people don't even know. That's right. a weird random tidbit that could easily be fit in somewhere in a musical of, well, we had a son named Philip. He died, so we had another son named Philip. Did you see the fact going around on on Twitter? I hope it's real because it's it's too good not to be that Alexander Hamilton's son, Alex Jr., was the one that helped Burr's second wife divorce him. And, I think I knew that. And I that, think I'd heard. And that. the divorce was finalized the day he died. <laughs> Oh my god! Absolutely <laughs> cold, ruthless. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's there's just there's so much to love about her character, and it's helpless. Like I said, was one of my one of my favorite songs. That was probably briefly my favorite song from the show for a little while, and it's another one that I was really anxious to see how it was performed. And she just she blows it out of the water. It's it's just I mean, it's great. Yeah, it's yeah. gorgeous. Well, she, and that's the other. That's another one, too. I don't mean to cut anyone off, but that's another one, too, where it's like, you know, helpless and satisfied kind of go together, right? They're like two sides of the story. But what's crazy about the choreography, and and this is something that Lynn talked about on that Hamilcast um, this week, was that, you know, uh, it, it it's the same scene. You just They just redo the same song over again, and they do the same choreography for the same song, except they don't start at the beginning of helpless they start before helpless when when they actually meet for the first time and then they recreate the entire song of helpless during satisfied and so she's singing satisfied and doing the same parts now she's the main focal point that you're looking at but she's doing the same thing that she was doing before and so it's just it's wild to to see that and the the amount of detail that went into it and it's just it's unbelievable and that's something that you miss when you don't see it. And of course, you know, yeah, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Can I loop back very quickly to Eliza? Just last super nerdy thing about her. Um, I was thinking about the word, um, the use of the word enough. enough Specifically with her. She spends the whole show saying to him, that would like, what would be enough? Like, be here with us and the family. That would be enough. Just be happy with your role in the war. That would have been enough. She spends the whole time just saying, it's enough. Like, just slow, slow down, stop it. It's enough. We have enough. We're good. The very end, she says, I live another 50 years. It's not enough. Uh-huh. And in that moment, she has turned the tables on herself. It's like he's gone and she understands her husband for the first time. That's, and it's... Yeah. It, just if you, wow. if next time you watch it on, yeah. you know, one of the next thousand viewings, what, just, just make note of the use of the word enough specifically around Eliza. And that makes that, I mean, the sentence alone, I live another 50 years, it's not enough. That stands alone as a remarkable feat. But when you realize she's been trying to just get in, just have, just have enough. She's not looking for magnificent. She's not looking for earth shattering. 
she's looking for enough, which is such a basic level of achievement. It's true. No, it's, it's, it's a good point. It's a good segue into, I would say, favorite lines, but the whole thing is music, so it's pretty much favorite lyrics at this point. But um, it, it's... There's just I have I have a, I have a, a, a small list of my favorites because I could go on forever about my favorites. So we'll pretty much just be yeah. bouncing off of each other. But as I said to Emily, I think maybe one of my one of my absolute favorite lines that is just such it's such a brilliant line is the the back and forth between Angelica and Burr when she says Burr you disgust me and he says Ah so you've disgust me I'm a trust fund baby you can trust yeah. me. There's so much to so pick good. apart in that that one exchange. I absolutely love it. And it's a side of Burr that we very rarely see in the show. Like we're pretty much yes. that one moment and then Winter's Ball and that's or Winter's Ball before it. Pretty much the only time we see him like that. Or I guess maybe a little bit right. of the election of eighteen hundred when he's starting to feel mm-hmm. himself a little bit. But it's it's an absolutely magnificent line. And then while I'm on the topic of Burr, my other favorite line, that's the Jeopardy game board for tomorrow, not the one I need for right now. Where is this document? Oh my god, where is it? I gotta move the mic for a second. There Uh-oh. it is. There it is, I found it. Um, I think if I had to pick a definite favorite sequence of lines from this show, I think it's got to be from the room where it happens. When Burr says, when they do, well, it's Burr and company, but it's the art of the compromise, hold your nose and close your eyes. We want our leaders to save the day. We don't get a say in what they trade away. We dream of a brand new start, but we dream in the dark for the most part. It is so brilliant and still so very true. Yep. (laughs) But uh-huh. uh, we can go. All, yep. We can go all around now. Whoever wants to jump in. This isn't a quote or a line from a song, but I think you brought up an interesting part about Burr in his line about "I'm a trust fund baby, you can trust me." I feel like even though that persona per se isn't showcased throughout the show, I think that that mentality is where mm. Burr he just thinks that everything should be handed to him because of who his family is and how dare Hamilton come from nothing and get all of this attention and get all of this notoriety when he's Aaron Burr and all of his relatives did all these things in the past. So even though that kind of arrogance in a sense isn't portrayed throughout, I think that same attitude of, well, I'm a trust fund baby, so I should just get what I want is kind of his mantra throughout. Yeah. Not to mention, the thing I love about that line is there's two ways to look at it, where he's saying, I'm a trust fund baby, and then I'm a trust fund, comma, baby. Like, I myself am a trust fund. You can trust me. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll obviously set yeah. for life. But, um, but yeah, that's, I, that's a good point, Shane. He, really, he does have that same persona, even if he doesn't showcase it the same way. I think one moment, Uh, one great line in Yorktown, um, immigrants, we get the job done. mm -hmm. I just feel like there should be some kind of pause or some kind of something like, of course, the audience is going to cheer. Everybody loves that moment, but they just kind of roll through it and continue on. And I feel like it, I don't know. So I just not that it's not excellent the way it is because it is, but I just wish it got like another beat just to yeah. for everybody depend, to appreciate it. It did depend on the yeah. performance because when I yeah. saw it once, when I saw it in Broadway, they like full stop. They like stopped and like let people go nuts. And then I think I saw it in Boston and they didn't as much and they didn't in this one either. So it just depends, I think, on the on the characters and like what they're doing. And sometimes they sometimes they would pause and sometimes they wouldn't. I think. Um, 
but you're right. I mean, people, you know, it's just, it's a great line. It, it really is a great line. And, um, but yeah, I, I can see where you're going with that though. No. And as, uh, as Juliana may know from the Hamilton revolution book, uh, Lynn Manuel does write that they, they doubled the amount of time that they don't speak so they could be more applause. Then it was just too long. So they were like, you know what? Well, it's going to cut it back to what it was and just roll right through it. And I get that it's, it's not ideal, yeah. but it's just kind of what they have to do. But uh, that is that is probably right. one of the most iconic lines from the show, without a doubt. And I think it's probably why they chose to do Yorktown yeah. at the Tonys, is that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was written how many years ago, put up on stage how many years ago, and means even more in 2020 yeah. than it has, mm-hmm. you know, as it was being written. So... Yeah. Um, I don't have a yep. particular line in general, but I just think all of the um, the cabinet battles are just amazing. I would just, every lyric from those just kind of shocked me each time. And I said this to Pat the other day when we were talking about uh, prepping for this show. I think one of the, probably one of the best lines and one of the most prescient lines that still applies to everything, politics, real, like normal life, everything, is but they don't have a plan, they just hate mine. That is probably one of the most, like, yeah. everybody's had that before where it's like people just, they don't have a response for you, but they just hate what you have to say. <laughs> it's just, it's sometimes how arguments yeah. go. Yep. Sure. Um, uh, yep, so Pat, um, anybody, anybody? I would have, say, uh, for, yeah. For, yeah, so for me, like, there's a few, I was going to say the bird one, but um, the moment for me that, uh, that I love, which is in nonstop when, um, Angelica tells him that she gets ma- she's getting married, and of course he's mm-hmm. like so jealous, which is just hysterical that like he's married to his sister for God's sake. But either way, you know, um, and he's like jealous, and she leaves, she leaves him, and the turn, and he's just standing there, but the turntable is turning, and Philip then starts singing to him, and is now singing to him with her back to him, and she's spinning towards him, and then boom, she's there in front of him, and they start holding hands, and it's just like. That moment is so unbelievable, and it's 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 better. It's just better away. Like it's a better moment away from the stage. It just is. Like you just can't capture that without seeing the whole stage and seeing the way it's done. It's it's amazing. That moment to me is just is unbelievable. It's my best moment in the entire show. Um, but another one for me is uh, is when him and uh, him and Washington are going at it. You know, meet me inside and and. Uh, and they're going at it, and Hamilton's like, "Call me son one more time." He gets in his face, man, and it's just like, it's so good because like Hamilton, yeah, he has that thing, and Lynn's talked about it a million times. So Hamilton's like very childish. He's like, he wants his, he wants what he wants, and he, this whole time he can't appreciate what he has with Washington because he just wants to be a leader. He just wants to fight and die for his country. That's all he wants to do, and Ham and, and Washington won't allow him to do it, and he's just so pissed about it, and he's like, well. You know, this wouldn't have happened if you had let me do this. So, like, you know, stop calling me son and stop treating me like your son. And it's like, it's such a father-son relationship, though. And so for him to just get up in his face and yell at him, like, stop calling me son, it's just, it's it's a fantastic moment. Uh, and I just, I, I love that moment. Is, it, is that here or somewhere else, else Emily? <laughs> that, that's I my smoke alarm. <laughs> well, it stopped, so I guess it's not here. It's been quite a night. Dog, dog scuffle, uh, fire alarms, and all like. Yeah. Yep. Um, I only have a, a a couple more in terms of in terms of uh, lines 
and wait for it. I am the one thing in life I can't control. I am inimitable. I am an original. I love that line, especially since mm-hmm. it comes after the pause, which is probably my favorite part of the song. The literal waiting for yeah. the next line. Mm-hmm. I love that line. It's a, it is such a great couplet. I, I, it's one of my favorites in the entire show. And then I just wrote the entire sentiment of history has its eyes on you. Is is mm-hmm. very oh, like I said the self reflection of that song where it's like, wow, like that ha- is there are a few lines from this show that have really stuck with me for the past five years, but that one is the one that I find myself like just chilling out. I'm like. That that is that line just sits with me. It's one of those lines that really, really just just sticks with you on like a visceral level. Right, hundred percent. And you know what I missed uh, from Burn? Um, she says uh, Eliza says that I married an Icarus. He flew too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. Like that line just stuck with me. I don't know why. I just love that line. It's so great. Mm-hmm. But like you said, from you know from history has his eyes on you. You know who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Like. If there isn't a more a more perfect line for what we're dealing with right now, I, I mean, that's that's the entire basis of what we're dealing with right now, right? Is that you know history was written by the people that won and not by anyone else, and so we take those things from Jefferson and from Washington and from Columbus and all these people, and we take all the negative stuff and we put it aside and say, oh, don't worry about that. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Jefferson, you know, had kids that were his slaves and had held, I mean, you know, Washington had slaves teeth and not wooden teeth. Like it's a whole thing. And so, you know, history is completely whitewashed so that we don't know all those bad things about those people. And so, you know, it's really kind of that line. And I, I assume that he, that's why he wrote that line. Right. But like, it just means so much the more we start talking and having these hard conversations like, yeah, like, okay, but you may remember history differently, but the only reason you remember history differently is because people told you something else happened, you know? And so it's just, it's really, uh, it's just really a poignant line and something that I think, you know, obviously has, uh, you know, goes throughout the show a lot, but like, it's really, really important right now when we're thinking about, you know, this this country's history yeah it's it's just it's so much to take in at once and <laughs> uh it's it's funny reading the book and Lynn manuel's talking about like oh it's funny to see this line is so you know uh it's being used so much in you know the, in the current presidential election i'm like wow interesting because he was writing this during 2016 yeah. and i'm like it's it, it really is right. like a time capsule at this point reading the book and, and when it was written but it's, I, I did, I will say, I did notice on my third rewatch, I noticed two things that I didn't, I did not notice the first two times. And both of them are, are pretty, like, blink, you'll miss it type situations. The first is the, uh, when, they, when they're reading the letter about Lawrence dying in battle, I did not notice at first that you can see Lafayette and Mulligan reading the same letter at the top. That they're yeah. also getting this news at the same oh, time. So which is incredibly heartbreaking to, to know. Poor Hercules Mulligan, poor Lafayette. Also, we rewound it. We rewound it because I said to Emily, I was like, you see that? And she saw it, but we had to check it again. In the room where it happens, when Burr does the quick jump and they pull the tablecloth from underneath him. And, yeah. and I'm like, the precision to make sure that does not go wrong 
That must take yeah. oh like that's yeah. just you're putting your trust in somebody's hands back there. Like he's like a split uh-huh. second late and you're falling on your face and the song is ruined. But luckily that probably has never happened, at least not to Leslie Odom Jr. Thankfully. Yeah. We must protect him at all costs. Yes. Yeah, no kidding. Um so I wrote down from that very Hamilton The Revolution book, and feel free to interrupt me with any thoughts you have. I just wrote down some some notes as I was reading through it, some of my some of my favorite things that Lynn Manuel wrote down, and I'm sure this will be a lot Wait, of, Jake, before yeah. No, go ahead. Before you start that, just because you were on the just because you were on the film, I just thought there were a few things about the film that I just thought were first of all, the first cut was in twenty sixteen, which is yeah. crazy mm-hmm. to think about that the first cut was four years ago. It's crazy. And, you know, and they just he just kind of kept going back to it and he said, like, Tommy, you know, did Fosse Vernon, he did a bunch of different things and he became more um, you know, he tried more things. The more, the more directing he did, he got more adventurous and tried different things. And, and it's really kind of unbelievable to kind of see where it's gone. But there's so many great shots. The, the shot of Washington during right at the beginning of Right Hand Man, when Washington walks out and is facing the back of the stage, and then you get the camera angle of his face as he's tur- like right before he turns around it's like it's on but that's the best i think that's the best shot in the entire film it's just amazing and then like right at the end and there's a few there's a few moments right at the end but right at the end when eliza is singing her final song right before she mentions hamilton there's a close-up of her face and you can see hamilton in the background we can't see him on stage yet because he's behind everyone but you can see him in the shot right before he walks on stage and he's blurry, but you, you can tell that it's him. And similarly, um, right after Burr shoots Hamilton, you know, everyone kind of comes out on stage and there's a close up of Burr's face and Hamilton is walking up the stairs in the back. And there's a close up of Burr's face. And the only other people in the frame are Eliza, Angelica. And then from the back of the stage on the stairs, stopped and looking at him is Hamilton. And it's just like, this amazing shot and he like he literally says like two more lines and then everyone else disappears off stage and it's just him on stage by himself but it's just this like unbelievable shot of you know of everyone kind of in that moment that had so much to lose at that at that time and it was just it's just it's a fantastic shot no it is it's it's a great point you bring up and i, I don't know if you were the one that tweeted about it today pat or so, I, I saw somebody mention it it could have been you but it was something that for some reason has absolutely never occurred to me and i've listened to the soundtrack a billion times watched the movie now four times or whatever well this was before my fourth viewing but the fact that that burr's last word to hamilton is wait and all all he's been doing his entire life is waiting and if he just waited another split second hamilton might not have been shot but he didn't finally didn't wait and if it wasn't I you, it was just somebody I saw randomly tweeting it. But that is that was a thought that I never had. I should have taken, taken the credit. No one would have ever known it wasn't me. I should have taken the credit. <laughs> you, I mean, you very well could have taken the credit. Um, <laughs> but uh, so just a few, a few quick notes. And feel free to interrupt me whenever you want to add anything else you want to add. Uh, so there are homages or allusions to, and I, this is not all the rappers that he put in the book, but there's Jay-Z, Pharrell, Buster Rhymes, Big Pun, Ja Rule, Grandmaster Flash, Notorious B.I.G., Mob Deep, Method Man, DMX, Tupac, Gedrick Lamar, Salt and Pepper. Those are just naming Salt and Pepper, not Salt and Pepper. I don't know why I said it like that. Maybe it's just the accent. But um, <laughs> those are that's not nearly everybody, but those are just some of the ones he notes that, that he alluded to or paid homage to. Um, 
I did read that, and I'm sure this might be rehashing for Juliana, who owns the book, and I'm sure has read the book just like me. But I, I own the book as well. Pat, Thank you very you much. You probably might, be, but this is for the audience as well. The audience might not have yes, the book. Yes. They might not have read the book. But he notes in um, in the title track when Burr says, "Reading every treatise on the shelf." Right after that, the tempo doubles, and he says that he's going to double down on his education and make himself undeniable. And Lin Manuel said, "The image in my head is of Harry Potter finding out he's a wizard. Everything suddenly makes sense." Interesting metaphor. Yeah. Oh. But so good. Yeah, not bad. Um, so I'm sure you guys probably know this, but again, the audience might not. So when they say in the title song, will they know what you overcame? Will they know you rewrote the game? That was not the original line. When he sang it at the White House in like, what was it, 2009? Was that the White House performance? I think it was 2009. 2008. So when he sang it there, he, the line was, in our cowardice and our shame, we will try to destroy your name. But he changed it because not just his enemies tell the story, his friends also tell the story. So it's it's more of a balanced right. thing. Because that is a cool line, I won't lie. I, I Sometimes I actually yeah. sing it with that line because I actually kind of love how it sounds. But it is, uh, I understand why he changed it, for sure. I get that. understand that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, like, the yeah. fact that there was, like, the fact that there was a completely different ending to the show... I mean, the fact that Hamilton, you know, Burr does his 10 things you need to know. Hamilton does his 10 things you need to know. And then the and then the show ends differently than it did. I mean, obviously, clearly he dies. But like, you know, it, the show ends differently than than it does. And the fact that, you know, while they're working up to previews and they're like they're like a week away from previews. He like was like, I don't like this. I need to change the ending. And he rewrote the ending. And, you know, listening to Andy on, on the Hamilcast, which I bring up again, which if you have, if you're a Hamilton fan, you need to listen to the Hamilcast. It's like unbelievable. She's in every single person on there you could possibly imagine. But either way, Andy's talking about it and he said that he hates Andy, Andy Blankenbuehler is the, is the uh, choreographer for the people that don't know, but he said he hates spoken word. And Lynn puts a, a, you know, a long soliloquy of spoken word in that last song. And he's like, he stayed up all night freaking out what to do, like had no idea how to do it and like didn't know how to choreograph it. And he's like going nuts. And he's just like, all right, tomorrow is tech. Like I can't, let's just forget it. Like we'll, by the end of, by the end of tech week, I'll have it and we'll be done. And like, he's on the subway platform after getting like three hours of sleep the night before, because he was up freaking out, not being able to get this thing done. He's on the subway platform and all of a sudden it like hits him. And he's like, literally choreographing the final song on the subway platform while going in and people look at him like you're a lunatic what the hell's wrong with you and he like showed up and was like scrap everything like let's go and 45 minutes later he had choreographed the entire final song and it was just like it was unbelievable it's just like one of those things where it's like the level of genius like you you don't appreciate the level of genius that some of these people have until you hear stories like that where he's like oh yeah i just like I was standing on the subway platform and all of a sudden, like, boom, it came to me. And I just like, it was done. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Like, how the hell did he do that? And just the fact that it was so up against it is just, it's, it's crazy. So here's a question. I got to, I'll, I'll go, I'll go around, around the table here, around the, the Hamilton brain trust. And I'll ask each of you individually. So I'll start, let's start with Juliana, our new guest. If you could, if say you could perform one of these songs with the original cast on Broadway, you are that person. Your voice is perfect. It modulates to that that tone you need to be. What is the one song you would choose to perform? Man, me first. Um, on the spot. Spotlights on. On the spot. 
Man, it might, it might have to be wait for it uh, on the spot, um, partially just because who's who wouldn't want their voice to sound like Leslie's. That's right. Um, but he, it, I don't know the the surround, the power being in the center of that stage, and I like I talked about earlier, it's this calm moment in the middle of a frantic show. Mm-hmm. I tend to be a higher energy more frantic person my darling brother-in-law pat can attest to that um (laughs) but so it's interesting i'm surprising myself that i'm drawn to that quiet moment but i feel like that's gotta be it because lynn himself has said i'm an idiot i wrote the best song in musical theater for a show that i'm in and i gave it to somebody else to sing but then he's like also (laughs) leslie singing it so it's fine but he said that I, i remember watching the interview with him and he's like i'm an idiot for giving that song away. So I, I got to go with that one. Uh, how about, how about you, Shannon? So I've had a lot of thoughts running through my brain in the past two minutes since you asked that question, but I'm going to go with a song that personally is one of my favorites and we haven't mentioned it yet in this podcast, but it's, I think it's a song where Burr and Hamilton are kind of on the same level and they're equal. And I don't know which part, like, I don't know whether I would be want to be Burr or whether I would be Hamilton, but the song is Dear Theodosia. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I think that's just a great song where, you know, they're each singing about their kid, but they're equal. And they're not, they're not caring about what's happening in the war, what's happening in politics, what's happening with their jobs, what's happening with anything else. It's just that they want to create a good life for their kids. And I think... I don't know. I just think it's a really great song that is very different from the rest, but still very important to the story. Before I move to Pat and then Emily, I would like to point out, Shannon, since you, you said Dear Theodosia, a song we haven't mentioned yet, I find it funny that we are now an hour, and almost an hour and 15 minutes into this podcast and almost to wrapping up, and we not have not once said anything about my shot. <laughs> Which is probably the most iconic crazy, song right? from the show. And we haven't said a word about it. Yeah. Not a breath has been wasted on my shot. It's a great song. But I feel like it might go back to what Pat said about being it's a Hamilton-centric song. So it, it kind of uh, it might just take away a little bit right. because it's so focused on him. But anyway, watch Pat or Emily will say my shot. But Pat, it's uh, what, what, what say you? So before I go, I'm just going to say, uh, Shannon, like that song... So my, my son was born in 2016. Now I have two daughters as well, but my son was born in May of 2016. And so knowing that I was going to have a son when Hamilton, when I first heard the song Hamilton, when I first heard, when I first heard the cast recording of Hamilton, we knew we were having a boy. And of course, you know, when I had two girls and I knew that this was our last kid, we weren't having more than three. And for them, for it to be a boy, obviously it was emotional for me. And so listening to that song and when my when my son was a baby I'd put him to bed every night and I'd rub his back and I'd sing him Dear Theodosia every single night and I cried almost every single night um, just singing that you know singing Lynn's singing Lynn's verse was just so I, I mean oh that it was just it was amazing and so and they still they have a bedtime playlist that we put on on Alexa and it's still on it and I still every single time I hear that song I'm back in my son's bedroom and he's, you know, three months old and I'm rubbing his back, singing him Dear Theodosia. And that, 
it's just, you know, and that's the ability of, and it's not just Hamilton, of course, a ton of shows have the ability to do that, but the ability to be so personal for you where that song isn't about the show for me. That song is about me and my kids, you know? And so, um, you know, that's anyways, that's, it's just, uh, that one's, that one's personal for me. That's a, that's Pat, a you failed to mention that Johnny, Johnny, who is the, the son that he's yeah. talking about actually yeah. was at the Richard Rogers theater. My sister was eight months pregnant with him when we saw it together. <laughs> and, um, yep. so he technically saw the original cast, uh, in utero, <laughs> um, and started dancing during what did I miss? My sister grabbed my hand and wow. was doing somersaults. I'm Pat, sorry to hijack yeah. that. Two, that, two, that was a cool moment. And he, He's a lucky guy, that little guy. To Pat's credit, he did mention yeah. that on the Broadway draft. Oh, he he did share okay. that story last week. But I, yes. I, lived, I experienced it, so. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, Pat, what is your song? Um, oh, there's so many good ones. I mean, like, it's hard not to choose one last time, but the problem is, is that I wouldn't put myself in there because it's Chris Jackson, so I can't do that. Like, right. So that's, that's out. Uh, I would probably pick what did i miss um because that song is sorry sorry (laughs) that song is just so much fun and like it's just so like and and david and to your point you know you were saying david's one of your favorites jake and and i think he's like everyone's favorite but like he just has so much fun on stage he's always laughing he's always smiling whether he's playing lafayette or, or Jefferson, he always has a smile on his face. He's always laughing. It's always like there's some sort of inside joke going on. Even if he's being a dick, which, by the way, Jefferson is quite a bit, uh. he's still, it's like, he's having fun with it. He might be making fun of you. It might be at your expense, but he's still laughing. And he's having fun all the time. And so, for me, there's a few on there. My shot was up there, and I almost took yours, Jake, but I decided not to because I already know what yours is going to be. And so I, I decided not to take yours. Well, I, we all know what's going to be Jake. Come on, I actually let's, don't. Let's, I actually didn't. Are, are you okay, think, are you thinking well, Yorktown to, because it's not Yorktown? That's what I was thinking. It's actually not Yorktown. So that, that's a tease for you. That might have been my. You know what the thing is is that Yorktown. I probably then I then I will then I will reselect Emily. You can, I'm sorry, I stole your thunder, Emily. I apologize. <laughs> that's okay. uh, I will I will reselect Yorktown Yorktown only because everyone's in that one and everyone has such a vital role in that. And there's so much cool choreography that goes on, goes into it. And there's so like the entire cast is in it. So it's not just like this person dominates or that person dominates or this, like the whole cast has a vital role in that number. And so like, I don't have to pick a certain, I could like play a different person every time. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that'd be my pick. All right, Emily, are you taking one of them? Is you choose another one? Um, I mean, if what did I miss is open, I'll take that one. <laughs> but if I can't, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with what comes next. Oh, there you go. You're going to play the king? I'm going to play the king. Yes. Yes. I got to say, I do love in what did I miss when he stomped, when he says, I'm so blue and the color changes in the light. That's pretty That's pretty good. Yeah. That's, he stomps his foot. Uh, and it's a short yeah. time, so I don't want to be on stage long. So I'll take that. I'll take that one. That's fair. No, that's fair. I didn't <laughs> even think of that because you're sweating. And I wrote on Twitter today. I felt so bad for Oki because he has that beanie on and he has the colonial garb and he's doing the whole thing for my yep. shot and he's dancing around. I'm like that dude must have been drenched at the end of that song. Like yep. must have been just yep. drenched. But um, so I am going to say I I I do like Yorktown. It's one of my favorite songs. Uh, I do love Wait for It, but I don't want to steal anybody else's thunder. 
So I am going to take another Burr showcase, and that's going to be the room where it happens. I think that is such mm-hmm. a fantastic song. I love how he kind of busts out of his shell about both like a minute or so left when he starts dancing around and realizing, you know what, I'm just going to play the game, talk the talk, walk the walk. I'm going to do what I need to to get to be in the room, room where it happens. And I just love – there are two songs in this show where – I mean, I'm, I'm always captivated by pretty much everything in this show, but two where I'm just fixated on the screen every second – Satisfied is one of them, and the rumor it happens is the other, because Leslie Odom Jr. just yeah. delivers such an incredible performance in that song, and the tonal change between the beginning and the end of it for him, it, it's it's remarkable, and I love, my favorite sequence from it is when he just runs around in a circle and goes to the table, and he's like, I don't know how he keeps his coordination when he does that, because he's like at a 45 degree angle, and I'm like, the guy, yeah. I don't know how he doesn't fall over when he runs like that, but he just like twists around in a circle, goes to the table, and What's amazing, too, is the ovation he gets at the end of it. It's one of the longest ovations anybody gets at the end okay. of any song on the show. Yeah. And it's well-deserved. So I, I got to go with the room where it happens. It's just an incredible performance. Incredible. So uh, before we wrap Enjoy. up, we'll go around do closing thoughts. Uh, so we can go in the same order. So, Juliana, closing thoughts. Um, well, first of all, just thank you for having me. This was a blast. Um, and I'm going to just use this moment to give... A shout out to two folks that we didn't talk a ton about tonight, and that is Jasmine Cephas Jones as Peggy McGraya. I mean, say no to this. Come on. Uh, and then the other one is her real life fiance, Anthony Ramos. They met and fell in love doing the show um, as John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton, who we talked about a little bit. Um, but those two, and take a peek at them during uh, Helpless Satisfied knowing that they're like, they were falling in love when this was filmed, like in real life, it's kind of cute because they have a moment in the background. But that's my closing thought is give them some love because they're both amazing. Before we move to Shannon, two quick notes uh, about, two quick things. First of all, can we all agree that James Reynolds had the best wardrobe in the show? (laughs) That cute little cowboy outfit that he had on. It was just adorable. It was like he was dressing up as Woody for Halloween. Yes. Uh, And secondly, I think my favorite moment that one of my favorite moments you obviously can't hear on the soundtrack because it's what you see and there's no vocals to it i love that hercules mulligan is the flower boy at the wedding (laughs) so good it's one of my favorite moments because it's like it's just so endearing he's great he's so good because she gives him the first two get give those nasty dirty looks to 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 john lawrence and uh it's great it's so good you know they give him the lawrence and lafayette like and and uh they were saying like you know, they must have been something different every night, but they give them a look like, what's yeah. wrong with you? And they're both like, they both go the other way. Like, no, th- this isn't happening. Okay. Oh, before it's we great. go to, before we go to Shannon, also Juliana, anything you want to promote, anything you want to plug? Um, well, if it wasn't COVID times, um, I would say, and when it opens back up, when the, when it's safe to do so, um, come see me at Improv Asylum in Boston. Uh, I'm in their Monday night, in, uh, house team show. Um, and uh, yeah, it might be a while before we get to see that, but hopefully, hopefully soon sometime. Emily, we'll have to go up there at some point. We love improv. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Thanks. Uh, so Shannon, uh, closing thought. Um, I just want to take a quick second to give a little bit of love to Tendul Commandments. Mm. That's my sister's favorite song in the whole show. And I don't know, we might not have mentioned it at all, or if we did, it was very brief. Mm. Um, but I think that's so much information is portrayed in that song but in such a fun way um so mm. i just i love that um opposite of that i think one of my least favorite moments 
is when Philip sings towards the beginning of Take a Break. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like his like random little rap birthday thing takes away from the whole message of the song. Like I get it, Alexander, Take a Break. It's your kid's birthday. Like listen to his song. But Anthony Ramos in that, I don't know. That's just one of my least favorite moments of well, the show. So a random tidbit of, I don't know, thought. But Shannon, if he didn't do that, then would Blow Us All Away be that devastating? <laughs> I don't know. When he raps, right. he, d- he does the same thing. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, this poor kid. He's going to get He does the same thing. Oh, yeah, with his, wife, with his mom. Oh, it's it's so- definitely full circle. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Something about it, it just. Not, it's definitely a little off putting because it, I feel like Anthony Ramos is the only one they could have cast to do both roles because eventually he is. I mean, he's only nine years old for like one scene, really. I mean, we established that he's right. older in pretty much every other scene, but you, you can't put Oki or David out there as a nine-year-old kid. Like, no one, it, at least Anthony Ramos looks like a baby. Like, he's like 23 or 24 yeah. when the show started up. So, like, yeah, one of the, right. one of the standbys, yeah. uh, the original standbys for all the lead men was Andrew Chappelle, and he is very, very tall. I heard that, and, yeah. Uh, it is just, um, it, it, it makes it even That's a little bit harder to digest when it's like a giant human um next to both yeah. uh eliza and hamilton so i don't sense. think it's go. the line or the point of it i think it's just him being a nine-year-old like i don't know i find it's a little bit unset- unsettling <laughs> even like i don't know that happens all the time in theater and in shows and whatever but just that 30 seconds of the show every time i'm like i don't i don't know something about it <laughs> uh shannon where can we find you uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at sfitsimon. That's S-F-I-T-Z-S-I-M-O-N because nobody in the world can spell my name, even though it is exactly how it sounds. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Pat, well, your final thought and where we can find you. So my final thought is going to be uh, something, just just a, a, a tip for you people out there watching Hamilton again. Uh, after you've watched it for a few times, uh, one thing that I know Julianne has talked about she's done and, and other people have done as well is the next time you watch it on Disney Plus, instead of watching it, instead of watching the show through the main characters, try to watch the ensemble. Try to watch everybody but the main characters because there's so much going on. And like I said, you know, the choreography is so amazing, but they're telling that they're telling a story through the choreography. And so try to watch the movie without watching the main characters and just see what they're doing because there's so many different interesting things that they're doing that you miss because you're so focused on them. And, and it's interesting. Um, Andy was talking about uh, what's it called? Um, You know, feeling something and seeing something and the difference between feeling something and seeing something. And he said, if I want you to feel something, all I do is I turn those people away from the front, even if they're just diagonal. Right. As soon as you're as soon as that person is facing the front, now you're seeing what they're doing. Right. But in in uh, the the Reynolds pamphlet's a perfect example of that. Right. If you're watching the Reynolds pamphlet and you're watching everybody else around there, the the ensemble is all facing away from the stage. And they're doing that because he wants you focused on those main characters but he wants you to understand that everyone is reading the Reynolds pamphlet. So right. you feel like, yes, everyone in the world is reading this Reynolds pamphlet. And so Angelica is pissed at Hamilton because he's an idiot that just posted all this crap online or not online, but you know, that just, just released all this stuff. Yeah. 
and they want you to understand that, but you don't need, right. But you don't need to see that. You know what I mean? And so it's just interesting. You get kind of a different perspective of the show. If you're watching it through the ensemble cast and through the cast that, that aren't there, like you notice things like, you know, um, Washington up top when during hurricane, which I missed the first, like the first few times I watched it. And then you see Washington's at the top during hurricane and his, his mother is off to the side during hurricane. So they're all watching this go on, but you don't see that because you're focused on him when he, when he's singing. And so when you, when you can avert your eyes kind of somewhere else, it, it does change, uh, change some of the meaning a little bit. So, for sure. um, and as for me, as for me, you can see me, uh, on, uh, Twitter slash Instagram at P lane underscore Pats. Uh, you can read me on Pat's pulpit and I do, uh, release a podcast every Friday, uh, on the Pat's pulpit podcast network of there's none of P's in there. I don't know what to tell you, but I got, I got quite a few. Uh, Emily, where can we find you and, uh, your final thought? Um, my final thought is that even for the people that don't like Broadway, or don't like musicals, I think this is absolutely the one show that you should give it a try and you should watch it. There's so much more to it than the music. Um, And I just think, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize that with the Broadway shows. So I feel like, um, and it's not typical Broadway music either that I feel like people think of. So I think, you know, even if you don't like musicals or Broadway, I find a lot of people say that they did like Hamilton even though they're not a Broadway fan. So I just recommend anyone that's not a fan, I would definitely check it out. And where can we find Emily, you? that. Oh, sorry. No, Go, what? Emily. Sorry. What? Saying yeah. where, where can we find you? And then whatever Pat was going to say. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Emma underscore Lee underscore. What were you going to say, Pat? I was just going to say that's such a great, that's such a great point because so many people are watching Hamilton for the first time. And there's so many people that are watching Hamilton before they've ever even heard the music of Hamilton. They're just, this is the first time they're ingesting anything of Hamilton. And so, but as we've shown here, right. In an hour and a half, we haven't even covered, you know, there's, we could talk for hours and hours and hours and hours and still not cover everything. And so it's just such a dive. And so for people like Jake who had never seen it before he started on Disney plus, but had listened to it a million times, it's a different experience for him than it would be for someone who's just seeing it, had never seen it, had never heard it, and is just watching it for the first time. And so even if you watch it for the first time and you're like, yeah, that was good, but like, yeah, okay, you know what? Like, go back and watch it again. Listen, like, try to listen again. Try to watch for different things because there's so much there that you miss the first time. It's like a rap album. If you listen to a hip-hop album, the first time through, you hear it, you're like, okay, that's good. I like this beat and I like that beat but you don't really truly process the lyrics until you go through it a few times. And that's what Hamilton really is. Uh, and then my, my final thought, because I really gotta, I really gotta wrap up. But, um, my final thought is a couple of songs. I want to shout out that we somehow did not get to, because we feel like we got to absolutely everything. But I think my favorite King George song, I do love you'll be back, but I think I know him might be my favorite King George song just because of the, his, his line at the end when he says, president John Adams, good luck. I, just, yeah. I love it and that he hangs around for the Adams administration but I like the uh, Jesus Christ this will be fun part oh yeah he's, he's so <laughs> yeah. good he's he's so good but um shout out I know him it's 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 probably my favorite King George song but anyway uh, thank you so much to Juliana to Shannon to Emily to Pat you can find me at Jacob underscore Morocco the podcast SCSL podcast 
we have our uh, sports, I think it's actually it's Pop Culture Jeopardy. We have that tomorrow. By the time you're hearing this, it'll be today. So check that out. We'll be live streaming that. And then next week, very excited, Josh Gondelman's coming on the podcast. Very excited for him to come on. That'll be a great episode. But uh, oh. stay, in, stay in touch, stay tuned, and we will 